One, two, three. Hallelujah. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, get your Bible out. Okay. Praise God. Uh, let me just pray and then we'll get into this. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for blessing us. Blessing us to be here tonight. Thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you've sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Church said amen. amen. Praise God. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Okay, so it's Wednesday night, and we're always preaching on faith. Uh, it's Faith Academy. And as I've always taught, faith is, man, right after you get saved, you need to learn about faith. And even the fact that you got saved, that was by faith. Because somebody told you that you need to give your life to Jesus. Well, you had to choose to believe him. Because Jesus didn't show up. Maybe, I don't know if I got anybody. that. Okay, I don't know if you had that salvation experience. But where Jesus showed up on you and said, you better believe me. Well, uh, most of us haven't had, we didn't have that experience. So what we had to do is believe what we heard or what somebody else told us and we had well what are we doing that by we're doing that by faith and so we we live by faith as we touched on this sunday that uh we are a people of faith and the just shall live by faith and so we don't fall back so what does that mean we just keep going forward so i'm going to preach this message tonight entitled keep believing keep believing and this is imperative that you get this because what we have I guess you could say signed up for is not that complicated. You know what happens is the world complicates this thing. But this thing that we signed up for is not that complicated. Uh, and God does not just tell you to figure it out. You say, oh, go, go figure out your Christian walk. He doesn't tell you that. He gives you instructions. And, but see, the thing is, is there's an enemy that's trying to keep you from following those instructions. Can I get amen right there? See, you might get instructions on how to build something or how to conduct something or do a particular uh, task or duty at your job. But the thing that's different there is you don't have an enemy or you don't have somebody. Just imagine this. You get instructions or you get training and you learn how to do something. This is protocol. This is how we do this. But then you got somebody else that keeps coming to you saying, don't do it like that. Oh, I can't get amen up in here. Uh, don't do it like that. They, the, they just keep coming at you. And you know you've been trained and you took your time studying and learning. And, okay, this is the way we're supposed to do this. And so what do you do? You do it and it works. So then you know next time, oh, I'm going to do that because it works. Well, with the church, the enemy is constantly coming at people. And he's constantly coming at you where you already know what you're supposed to be doing. And you've already gotten results from it. But the enemy is coming every day trying to get you to say, oh, no, don't do that. Don't do that. And so that creates problems for us. And so we just got to keep believing. Go to John, John 11. John 11, we'll look at verses 38 and 40 as we get into this tonight. We know the story of Lazarus. We know, um, you know, Lazarus was dead. And then they said, oh, you know, if you had been here, he wouldn't have died. And, you know, all that type of stuff. But we know the story and Jesus had told them before, hey, he's going to rise again. And he was trying to get them to believe. But for them, you know, they saw something different. So uh, picking up in verse 38, Jesus, therefore, again, groaning in himself, coming to the grave. So he was saddened that Lazarus died. And so he's coming to the grave. It was a cave and a stone lay upon it. And so he's, he's covered some, somewhat of a tomb. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Now, Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him. Okay, so now, this, this is what you got to understand. Jesus doesn't need our help. Can I get amen right there? But he does need our faith. And so we get examples as to where us having faith in him is going to be very beneficial to us. Amen. Here's what Jesus is not going to do. Get into a deep, long discussion and debate with you. If you don't believe it, 
you don't benefit from it. Can I get amen right there? It does not mean he's not going to do it. It does not mean that uh, he, you know, we have so many different doctrines and so many different ways of believing that it causes the truth to be watered down. And so people have trouble just staying with it. You know, the Bible does not change like technology. So just just one, you know, so so basically I've, I've heard people say things like this. Well, you know what? Um, times have changed. We cannot, uh, you know, do church like we used to back in the day. Well, what were they doing? Because how far back in the day do you want to go? Because to me, I'd rather go all the way back to the book of Acts. And I say, I wish we did church like that still. To where church was about the word. Church was about God. Church was about people getting healed. The manifestation of God's power. Evidence. That's what church used to be about. Church wasn't about all the other stuff that it is now. And so because technology changes, yes, you should update your cell phone. Amen. If you get to where, because how I many know flip phones is not the best thing to have in this time. Amen. You know, so I'm trying to text. I'm trying to learn how to text on my flip phone. You need to upgrade that. But the, the Bible has not changed. The Bible is consistent. It's the same. And unlike technology, just like some of that old stuff. Y'all remember the first cell phones? Anybody remember that? That thing was like a brick. Amen. What if you pulled out one of those? First of all, you're going to be ridiculed. But second of all, it ain't going to work. That thing is not going to work, right? Well, unlike technology, the Bible works in all generations. The Bible works as the times change, the Bible still works. Amen. And so with that being said, it's like the same Bible that was working for Smith Wigglesworth or somebody like that is working for us today. Y'all in here with me. The same Bible that was giving George Washington Carver all those ideas when he was uh, creating all the stuff from the peanut and all that type of stuff. Well, he would say things like he just would go into his lab and take his little black book. Well, guess what that book was? This. And so that's what's still working for us today. But guess what's going on? We have the devil flying around like a little gnat saying, oh, don't do that. That's a, you, can, you don't need that. And so people are changing. They don't. They, it's like things that used to be in, you know, it used to be popular. Let, let me hit you guys with something that might shock you. There was a time where Wednesday night service was popular. Yeah. What? Yeah, there was a time where Wednesday night church was popular and a priority. Some people grew up in them days where they had to go to church morning Wednesday. But what happened? So is it no longer important or is it no longer important to the people? Ah, and so see, we have to because of listen. If the fundamentals are the fundamentals, it's just like when I used to coach my son in football and, and people that have coached and you try to teach a young kid the fundamentals. What happens with that young kid? He comes out and he wants to do the fancy stuff first. OK, you're going to get in football. Just, just, you know, that's how that works in football. You're going to get clocked. If you come out here and you don't do the basics Somebody's going to catch you. And so you got to have an understanding of the basics, just like basketball. Oh, you, oh, you want to shoot three-pointers, but you don't know how to shoot free throws. So you got to learn the basics. Well, that's the thing with Christianity. we got to learn the basics. A lot of times people want to get into spiritual things, or they want to get into all this stuff, but you got to learn the basics and just keep believing it. So if Jesus said something, just believe it. Well, it didn't happen yesterday. So what? What that got to do with anything? If he said it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And so what you have to do is say, I'm going to be one that continues to believe. So he's given them instruction. He already told them what was going to happen. But Martha is showing her lack of faith. And so Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said unto him, Lord, by this time, look at your name and say time. So that's what messes people up all the time. Is, oh, it's supposed to take what? 
this much time, right? You, you go to the doctor, they give you a medication. Well, let's say, take this for, let's say it's, you know, some antibiotic or something. Take this for, right? It's a length of time. Or they hit you with something like, oh, you're going to have to take this for the rest of your life. Well, that's still time. Well, God is not bound by time. And so Martha, she says, by this time, he stinks. Next verse. For he hath been dead four days. As if Jesus didn't know. He'd been dead for four days. And by this time, so basically he's saying, I'm about to perform a miracle. What I need you to do is roll back the stone so that's like God showing up on you. I'm about to perform a miracle. But then you say, well, by this time, oh, come on. I mean, by this time, my debt is too big. Come on. Somebody. By this time, it's already too late. How many know it's never too late for God? He is the one who sets that. We cannot tell God it's too late because he's above time. Amen. You understand that he does not bow to the system of time as we do. God is never late. And he's never rushing like, oh, ah, dang, I better hurry up and get out. That's never. God is like, when I'm there, that's when I'm supposed to be. That's the right time, right? And what we need to do is be able to lock into his time and not think that we can pull him down into ours. And so she's basically telling God, it's too late. And Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee. So didn't I tell you that if you would what? So what does that mean? Not believe in what you think God might be able to do. Believe in God based on what he said. And that's what we got to do with the word. If the word said it, it doesn't matter if nobody else believes this anymore. It doesn't matter if nobody else believes in this faith preaching and all this stuff we do. We say, God will do this for you. God will do that for you. And everybody said, no, I don't know if he still does that. If everybody else quits believing, you just keep believing. Because you don't need everyone else to believe with you for God to move for you. Come on, somebody. You don't need a whole bunch of people to be in agreement for uh, God to move for you. All God needs is for you to believe. And for you to keep believing like you once believed. As a matter of fact, our belief should be increasing and never decreasing. We should get it become, we should be more and more confident in God's ability as we continue to live in the earth. So Jesus said unto her, said not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. And so what this means is you're going to see God's goodness in manifestation. You're going to see God's action. I told you, if you will believe, you will see the glory of God. Come on, look at your name and say, if you just believe, you'll see God's glory. Oh, but the enemy's trying to get you here. There's the gnat again. Oh, no, see, I don't think God's going to do it because after all, it's taking too long. Are you dead? If you're still alive and you're still on planet Earth, then we still got time for God to move on this. Come on, somebody. We still got time for God to fix this situation. But you've got to be one that believes that. It's never too late. As long as you keep believing. And so the emphasis here that I wanted to push, and we know that he told him to, you know, they moved the stone and he got up and he came up out of there just like he said. Right. But what I wanted to emphasize is that she basically tried to disqualify the whole situation. And the example is in the Bible for us to know that Four days doesn't mean anything to God. It could have been four months. It would not have mattered. Because when he said what he was going to say, it was going to manifest. But all he needs is for somebody to believe. Now, he gave an example in this situation. And so that now, a lot of things that Jesus did, he did it as examples 
for people to believe. So they would see it and they'd come on. Now, here we are in our world today, in our modern day Christianity. We're the ones that are believing, being steadfast. And guess what? The unbelieving, unsaved world is seeing, oh, I guess their God did do it. Oh, come on, somebody. And see, and but when we, if we fall into the trap of the world and we don't believe, you'd be surprised as to how many Christians just really don't believe. They don't believe. They don't believe in stuff, in biblical stuff. And we know they don't believe in it because they're not consistent with it. See, you see what I'm saying? It's just... What happened? What, what has changed? Like, people used to believe in healing. They don't believe it no more. What does that mean? God stopped healing? Is he, uh, people used to believe in financial miracles. They don't believe in it anymore. Does that mean he's not, he stopped doing that for people? You see what I'm saying? People used to believe that applying biblical principles works. So what does that mean? If I do what God says, then I'm going to get what God said I can get. Amen. People don't believe that anymore. Oh, no, well, no, brother, you don't. No, it's, it's not really like that. So then, then they say, well, you know, you're, you're just into that works mentality and that works. Just what the Bible says. I mean, I'm the one, I'm, I'm a person that says, well, God, if that's what you said, that's what I expect. You said if I be willing and obedient, I would eat the good of the land. That's what you said, and that's what I believe. So then what is my expectation? My expectation is to eat the good of the land. My expectation is not to be running around here broke. How am I going to go around here broke if he said if I obey him, this is what he's going to do? Well, what happens is people don't believe it. Now, your belief determines what you do. It determines what you do and what you don't do. Right. If if people believe and and this whole Wednesday night church thing is is a national problem. It's not just our church. It's national. But the reason it is, is because people don't believe. They don't believe that it's a necessity to. You know, uh, their Christian walk. Because if they believe that. They prioritize. Amen. Well, it's just a matter of what people believe. It's just like, you know, when it comes to anything, it's going to all be your belief determines what you do, right? It's going to be the foundation from which you are, are moving forward from and doing things and, and uh, having things go forth in the earth. And so if we understand this, it's like, this is what God said. I'm going to believe it. And guess what? It's never too late. So, I understand my God is above time. How many of y'all know that about God? Do you, do you know that God is timeless? You know that God, uh, like, okay, God, we got till Friday to do this. How many know Friday don't mean nothing to God? Oh, y'all in here with me. Come on, a day is as a thousand years unto the Lord. So, you think God is thinking like, oh, well, you know what? It's Friday. It's almost the end of the week. There is no end of the week to God. That's why every day is a day for a miracle. Amen. Every day is a day for something exciting and uh, some type of a breakthrough manifestation. God does not wait to do it on certain days. Amen. And so it's never too late as long as you keep believing God is above time. And listen to this. He can shift your season suddenly. What? Do you understand that there have been people that have had their season shifted and they went from lacking to overflow in one day? Oh, come on. They went from outside the fence to inside the mansion. Come on, somebody in one day. Now, how does that happen? And, And I'll tell you something else. They did it without a plan. They didn't have a plan of, uh, you know, this is what's going to happen. I've got my 401k set up just so, and the market is hitting right, and it was none of that. Because how I many know God's not like 
401k doesn't mean anything to him. They don't have investors in the kingdom of God. Talking about, well, things are moving well now. No, it's always overflowing in the kingdom. We've never had a downturn in the kingdom. It's always up. It's always an abundant, uh, always profitable in the kingdom. And so God can shift your season suddenly. Now, no matter how long you've been in your current season. So I want to help you with this today. No matter how long you've been in your current season, God can shift that season. The snap of a finger. Then suddenly he could shift everything. He could change everything that you've been dealing with. Everything that was really sent from the enemy to break you down and to cause you to quit. What the enemy wants you to do is stop believing. That's why we're preaching. Keep believing. Amen. Amen. Uh, Because he wants you to stop believing and he wants you to change and and lessen your level of belief. Because some this also happens to people. They still be believe for heaven, but they don't believe in miracles anymore. And so it's lessened. They still believe. But they don't believe in the stuff they used to believe when they first started out in this. Why? Because it's taking too long. But if we start to understand, with God, time means nothing. And so, what gives me the right to think that I can diminish his power because it's taking too long? Taking too long for who? God is never too late. There's an appointed time. There's a season. He knows you better than you know you. And so it's up to him. And what we have to do is make sure we're in position. Go to uh, Proverbs now. Proverbs 13, 12. So we know these scriptures. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So hope deferred. It's like you're hoping for something, but it doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. Now, Um, To break this down, this sick heart that's mentioned here is more of a mental condition than a physical condition. So this is not an actual sick heart in terms of physically. This is more of a mental condition. And what happens is a person gets worn down. They get to the place where um, they're discouraged because Things haven't happened the way they thought or the way they wanted. or But discouragement leads to despair and hopelessness. And that's the number one killer of faith. Is people get discouraged. They say, oh brother, I believe we can do it. Yes, I believe too. And then, but they don't have any endurance. And then some people, they don't have a, a, a real depth in their character. And so you can have a person that... Uh, well, you know, there was something that used to be important back in the day. People's word that they said meant something. So if a person said, I'm going to do this, that meant something back in the day. They said, oh, no. If they said, I'm going to be there Saturday at 10 o'clock, I'll be there, man. For them, their body was going to obey their words because it meant a lot to them. Well, our society has changed, and so people say stuff that doesn't have any depth. And so they can mention things, but what happens? Stuff comes up. Well, how, how did that thing come up? Because you weren't serious about what you spoke. Do you understand that if you are serious about what you say, then what you say will come to pass, and you will do what you said, and the things that would have come up don't come up? Because how come some people are able to keep their word and some people are not? If it's just haphazard where things come up, how come things don't come up for everyone? Right? That's why you have people saying stuff like, well, I'll be there if it's the Lord's will. No, really, you should say, I'll be there if I'm willing. If it's in my will, I will be there. Right? That's that's the truth of the matter. Because God is going to have you do what you said. Because he knows your word is important. 
just like his word. We're created in the image of God. So you know God never says anything he doesn't mean. And he does not, you know what else he doesn't do? He never lies. So what does that mean? If we're created in his image, we should do what we say and we should never lie. We should be dependable, trustworthy. Amen? And that's because that's the way God is. And so hope deferred makes the heart sick. And so once again, that's a mental condition. So it's more of a wait. So people start to feel discouraged. Um, you know, that, that despair sets in. Then if you're not careful, you start getting tired, sluggish, all those things. And now you'll develop a condition. All of a sudden now you're depressed. So now they got to medicate you to help you with your depression. But then the medication gives you heart palpitations or something. I'm just, you know. And so now there's now you're chasing conditions. So isn't that a terrible place to be where you're popping meds to chase conditions? You got the meds because of this condition. But now that medication caused this condition and now you got this other med and so now you're in a circle of medication and now you didn't lost who you even are right well some of us are just wired like that really god made you like that that's un- that's very unfair of him i would say i would say he's an unfair god if he made you to be dependent on all these medications and he didn't make me like that what's so special about me Oh, people don't like this type of teaching, but it is what it is. It, I'm telling you this right now. I would go to God. I would say, hold on. Now, I know this one person. They don't have to take all this medication. So why I got to take it? Now, y'all, y'all don't, you guys are Wednesday night, so you're serious about, you know, learning. So sometimes on Sunday, you know, people are more Sunday-minded. And so they, they, they get a lot of offense going on on Sunday. But you ought to be in a situation where you're trying to grow. You want to like, I don't want to just be preached to. I want to get something that I can say, hey, man, because I want to grow. And so if you do stuff like that, well, hey, I know this one guy that don't have to take all this medication. God, why well, I got to take it? If you ask God, he's not going to tell you, well, it just runs in your bloodline. That's one thing he's never going to tell you. Do you understand that God's never, he, listen, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So how could God ever tell you, well, you know what? You got that because that runs in your bloodline. And you know what? You had a great grandpappy name, you know, whatever. And smoking Joe, he was just smoking all the time. And so that's, you know, smoking Joe was a meme. That, that bad boy was mean, you know what I'm saying? And that's why you, but God's never going to tell you that. God's going to tell you, y'all ready for what he's going to tell you? That's why a lot of people don't go to God like that. He's going to tell you, well, you have to do that because you don't listen. Oh, oh, y'all, you you know, I was going to say that. huh? That person, you know, they don't take all that medication because they don't eat as much junk as you eat. So you eat fast food all the time. You eat all this trash and see, you know. Oh, y'all don't want, you can't. Uh, uh, that's just unfair. I mean, I just don't know why God is, you know. Just ask him. Watch him tell you. So the reason they don't have to do that is because they don't eat like you. And guess what else they, they do? They go to the gym. But you seem to go to the kitchen and the couch. So the kitchen and the couch combo got you all jacked up. Amen. Now, if you go to God, he'll tell you. People don't want to go to God like that, though. Why? Because they, hey, man, the whole kitchen and the couch marriage is, is hard to break up. And they like, I'm, I'm having trouble. I, you know what I'm saying? That's, you know, now, Pastor, now you're getting down into my comfort zone. You're getting into my, my peace and all that. But... At what cost is your peace? And is it any real peace? You know what I'm saying? What cost? What is that costing you? And see, and that's the thing where people get challenged 
in this area of belief. And I'm one of the pastors that gets a lot of flack because I always bring it back to the person. People don't want that. So no, no. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I need some compassion. I need for you to understand that, you know, okay, let me give you a hug. Now let me give you some instruction. Because I'm not going to sit here hugging you all day. You need to get up out of that situation. Here's what you got to do. God will give you detailed instructions. I'm, man, I'm telling you, I've seen him do things in my life and I'm no special person. He will do it for anybody. But what I've learned is people change what they believe. So for me, I believe that obedience pays off. That's why whatever God tells me to do, I do it. Because I still believe, y'all in here with me, I still believe that it works. And as a result of that, God's come through for me. Now, someone else could say, well, I've obeyed and he hasn't come through for me. Hey, man, you talk to him about that. But I can only speak from my own example. If I do what he tells me to do, if I do what he tells me to do uh, with my money, I, for me, I firmly believe I can never go without. I believe it's virtually impossible for me to do without if I am an obedient tither, I'm, I'm being obedient with God in my money. I believe I cannot go without. Well, for some reason, I have never had to go without. Ever since I've started acting according to what I believe. Amen? See, we believe that as a church. I believe that no matter what, like we tithe as a church. Doesn't matter if you don't believe in it. So I believe we can never go without. So what has happened is we have never had to go without. Now, some people say, oh, well, you know, that's not important. Okay, that's. I'm not in there to argue with anybody. But what I am here to do is tell the truth. And so if I believe it, then guess what? No matter what. No matter if it seems like it's taking long, no matter what. It just is what it is because my belief's going to dictate my actions. And so uh, I. Like, I still believe, like, honestly, I believe I could get jacked up if I disobey God. I'm just going to be one of them guys to tell you that. And somebody might tell you, oh, God is not in that no more. Okay, I'm, <laughs> that might work for you, man. But I'm one of them dudes that I believe if I mess up on God, I could be sniped. I just believe that. So I'm just like, guess what I'm going to do? Obey God. There's something called the fear of the Lord. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, Proverbs says. And so the fear of the Lord, when I got that fear of the Lord, you talk about scared straight. Yeah, I was scared, I was scared straight because I got a revelation of who God was and how God wasn't playing. And he, don't, he ain't looking to be my friend and all that. I started learning some, some of that stuff. I said, whoa. You know what that do? You know what the fear of the Lord will do for you? You could be in a rage. You could be about to enter into a rage. Let me, let me, let me just, hey, you know, Wednesday night group. So you guys are looking for stuff that's going to help you. You could be on the verge of a rage. You, you feel that, you know what I'm saying? That anger getting on you, man. And you getting, you feel that, boy. You talking about that, that water's boiling. That water's boiling. And you can go to where, man, that thing is about, remember the old school kettles? They put on the thing and that thing start whistling when it's hot. You about to start whistling. You know it. It's going. It's, but then all of a sudden, because you have a fear of the Lord, you just get a word from the Holy Ghost. What are you doing? And I'm talking about you go from a rage to a docile. I'm talking about man. You all, and it's like that stuff will leave you in a second because it's the fear of the Lord. But when you don't have a fear of the Lord, 
You'll act a fool and get the results that fools get and blame God. <laughs> Ain't that messed up? You didn't act like a fool and got a fool's reward. And now you're talking about why did God allow this? God didn't have nothing to do with that. You know what I'm saying? People doing stuff, you know, running off at the mouth at their job, mad at somebody, going off and get fired, talking about, I just don't know, the devil stole my job. You gave it away. Yeah. And nobody stole nothing from you. Right. I don't know why God ain't protecting me. <laughs> Amen? Amen? All right, so, um, so, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but when the desire comes, it's a tree of life. So that's, we get excited. But when the desire comes, you get excited because you know that God is working. And so you got to stay away from discouragement and despair and all that type of stuff. Because all you need to know is that God is still working. Look at your name and say, God is still working. So now personalize it. Say, God is still working for me. So listen, as long as you believe that, it doesn't matter Who's against you? It doesn't matter what opposition you're in. As long as you know, oh no, God's still working. Oh, we're going, yeah, we're going. And then things will change. People will be talking about, man, why, how come you're not upset? You seem to be so calm. Because you know God is still working. If you know God is still working, that's all you need to know is that God is still working. Go to Psalm 27 now. Psalm 27, 13, 14. I had fainted. This is what David said. I would have fainted. I would have, man, I would have passed out. I would have gave up. See, that's the other thing. We can't go this uh, way of some of the, you know, some church or whatever where they don't believe in anything anymore. It's just all pushed off to heaven. The last thing they believe. That's why a church doesn't believe in miracles anymore. They don't believe. They'll tell you instead of saying, hey, you know, God will come through, man. He could work a miracle. There's miracle healing he could bring your way. There's a miracle finances he could bring your way. He can open the door. Don't give up. Don't quit. Just keep believing. See, they don't do stuff like that because they don't believe anymore. And so instead of that, they say, well, I guess it was the will of God for you to. You're never going to get that from me. I'm never going to say, well, I guess it was the will of God for you to have cancer and and die off and leave your family. I'm not saying that because I don't have any scriptures that gives me the permission to say that. So for me, I'm believing all the way. It doesn't matter if a person's in stage four. I'm going to say, by the stripes, you are healed. Claim your healing, speak your healing. I'm going to keep decreeing that hmm? until the end. Because I don't have a right to do anything else. Amen? I, I don't have a right to tell somebody, well, I guess this is what God had planned for you. That's not my, I'm not giving permission. That's something that that person has to deal with with God on that. But for what we're supposed to do is believe the Bible. He says, I am come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. That's what he said, right? The thief comes not but for to steal, kill and to destroy. But I'm come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. That's what I'm supposed to believe. Amen. All the way to the end. And so he says, David says, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord. What? When I get to heaven? How come David facing all this stuff? And a lot of the junk David faced was because of him. David got himself in a lot of this mess. But how come even David, in the midst of all the stuff he's dealing with, he could say something like this. I had fainted unless I had believed. What? To see the goodness of the Lord, where? In the land of the living. David believed that he going to see God's hands show up for him on the earth. And that's what kept him going. See, that's what will keep you going. That is what will keep you believing. Uh, Some of us have been believing God for years. And it's not like we have not had trials or difficult times, but What is it? Why won't we just quit? Because we believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. 
That's why I won't quit because I'm still believing that God's going to show up. I'm still believing that God could do it then suddenly. I'm still believing that God can make a way out of no way. Come on, somebody. I'm still believing that God is surrounding the righteous with favor as with a shield. I'm still believing that God is opening up doors that no man can shut. I'm still believing. That's why we keep going. I have fainted unless I have believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Next verse. And so then if you believe like that, come y'all believe that you're going to see God's goodness showing up in your situation. Okay, so if you believe like that, then you won't have any problems with this next verse. What does he say? But then you say, well, how long? See, if you're still saying how long, you forgot the first, you don't believe. So it doesn't matter. How long means nothing. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And so the reason I can wait on God to do it is because I believe. I believe that he's going to show up and I'm going to see his goodness manifest. Come on, in my situation, that's why he says hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire comes, come on, somebody, how many know the desire is coming? Amen. It's going to get here. And when it gets here, it's going to be a time for celebrating. It's going to be a time for rejoicing because I believe that I'm going to see it. That's why I keep reading my Bible. That's why I keep confessing the word. That's why I keep speaking those things that are not as if they were because I believe. Now, if the devil can steal your belief, you're in trouble. But if you can believe and have unconditional belief to where you said, devil, I don't care if I never see it. I'm going to die believing it. Oh, come on. See, when you study uh, Hebrews chapter 11, a lot of them people die without getting what they were believing for, but yet they went out believing. Ooh, you got to be one that says, I'm, I'm not going to be wavering. I'm believing this and I'm not stopping. And so his goodness is going to manifest in your situation. See, we're going to have trees of life springing up all over the place. Because we know what the word says. Now, the hardest thing to do is to help people to understand God's process. What God does not do is act outside of his word. And so that gets a lot of people in trouble because they're wanting him to spring forth and do something, but they didn't do their part. This is a partnership. And as long as we do what we're supposed to do, he's always going to do his part. Go to Galatians, Galatians chapter 6. And let us not lose heart. This is Amplified Classic. And let us not lose heart and grow weary, right? Doesn't matter. When, some, when it's the right thing, it's the right thing all the time, amen? And so what you want to do is get used to doing the right thing uh, because it's the right thing. That's like if you found uh, somebody's wallet and it's full of cash, don't take the cash and look at the ID and send where to mail the wallet. I don't want the ID. But how many know that's that would be wrong to, to take that money? But, well, what if I'm in need? What if I was coming up short? I mean, I, I was in a place of desperation. Matter of fact, I was down to my last dollar. There's a wallet. Must have fell from heaven. Well, how come it got somebody else's ID up in that mug? <laughs> when you look at the ID, you ain't going to see no angel's picture up in there. That belongs to somebody. But because you have a need, now what are you doing? Justifying bad behavior. And so when you justify bad behavior, just because your condition said, I have no money, uh, man, hey, this is it's me or him, man. You know what I'm saying? This is survival time. It's never survival time in the kingdom. 
I don't care if you have nothing. What you're supposed to do is pick that wallet up and leave all the money in it and do the best you can to get it back to its rightful owner. Even if you have zero and you're starving at that moment. Because the right thing is still the right thing, no matter what your condition is. Right is right. And God rewards you for doing what's right. Amen. And see, people change because their condition. And so they give themselves allowances to do wrong. Well, every time you do that, you're stepping out of God's flow. Because God's kingdom, it don't flow like that. He acts according to this book. And so he's never going to give you a pass for doing something else. Amen? Now, when you, if you do wrong, you can repent. So that's just like saying, like, um, let's say, the Bible says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, right? And so as, that means, you know, corrupt, it's, it's another way to say that is, is speaking wrong things, cussing and all that. You're never supposed to let that. But, but I was mad. Wait. But the scripture didn't say unless you're mad. Don't let that come out unless you're mad. Because now if you're mad, you know. Now, so what happens is people get mad and they manifest and they act a fool and then they got a fool's reward coming. And later on, they talk about God. Why'd you do that? Oh, you acted like a fool. And so you got a fool's reward. Now, when you act like my son, like you act like a son of God, then you get a son of God's reward. Y'all in here with me. Even in the midst of adversity, what did Jesus say? Forgive them for they know not what they do. How I many know Jesus could have really went off on some people? Even the man who cut, uh, Peter cut that man's ear off, Jesus went down there and put it back on. Because he was not going to let himself get out of his true character. But see, when you really believe this stuff, your character will be consistent. And he says, let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. Nobody else is doing right. Man, I'm, man, I'm the only one that's, you know what I'm saying? You just say you have a habit of, you know, this could be the church or anywhere. You know, I used to be like this at my one of my old office I used to be in. I'd be like, man, I'm the only one taking out the trash. These lazy, you know, I used to get like, I used to call myself at the end of the work because we had these long Mondays and we'd all be there early, like seven in the morning, don't get off till nine. And they somehow leave before me and leave that trash. And there was a couple times I tried to leave it and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me leave it. I'd be like, that's it. They're going to see it in the morning because I'm not taking it out. <laughs> and then I get all the way to my car and the Lord be like, take out that trash. Ah, oh, yes, Lord. Well, it's the right thing to do. See, that's what we do. We do what's right. It doesn't matter if everybody else is doing what's wrong. We do what's right because we're people of the book. This is how we live. And so let us not lose heart and grow weary and faint in acting nobly and doing right. For in due season, due time it says, and for in due time at the appointed time. I want you to pay attention to appointed. Appointed, it's already been preset. How many know the day for your breakthrough is already set in heaven? God is not sitting up there deciding. It's already set. And so at that appointed season, we shall reap. If we do not loosen and relax our courage and faint. And so what you want to do is get used to doing the right thing because that's what you believe. That's why I can't preach no other way. I said, man, Lord, I wouldn't even be able to, oh, I wish I could come up with a lollipop message. Maybe it'd be good one day, just let me give, let me give a lollipop message, one of them little sweet little candy messages. I, man, I can't, I don't, I don't know how to do that. 
you know, sometimes I'll be like, well, Lord, everybody's grown. They don't need me telling them what to do. They grown. They need to know how to do it on their own. Then he reminds me of what Timothy said. This is your job as a pastor. You're supposed to rebuke and correct and with reproof and teaching and all this. Oh, but I just want to, I just want to be everybody's friend. I didn't call you for friendship. You know what I'm saying? But if you know you're going to be, reward, be rewarded no matter what, then you'll just keep doing it because that's, that's what you believe. The only way you change what you're doing is because you've changed what you believe. That's the only way you change what you're doing is because you have changed what you believe. Now, if I know that at the right time, as long as I don't quit, my breakthrough is coming. So I have an appointed time for breakthrough. And so when it's your season, you can't be stopped. You understand the tables are turning in the world. So there are those that have been fickle with God, but they've been looking like they're prospering. Some of y'all know some friends that you know good and well, they ain't been as faithful to God as you have, but it looks like they're thriving. I'm telling you, tables are turning. Tables are turning. Where now it's going to, people's faithfulness or lack thereof will be put on display. It will be seen. Because now what they thought they had, it was what they got. And that's exactly what the enemy will come to take. But what God gives you, the enemy can't touch it. He just has to look at you as you are sitting at the table that has been prepared by God for you. He's going to look at you and gnash with his teeth and melt away because he can't stop the righteous. He can't touch those that have stayed the course and have obeyed God without compromise when your reward comes can't nobody take it can't nobody stop it ecclesiastes 3:14 ecclesiastes 3:14 i know that whatever god does it shall be what forever nothing can be put to it nor anything taken away from it and god does it that men should fear before him that's why god wants to bless you but he wants you to get your life into a place where you could say, I'm not telling you to go around saying you're a perfect, I'm perfect and I'm just, no, you just don't make excuses for missing the mark. You are one of those people that is quick to repent. Come on. You're one of those people that I'm following God and if I happen to slip up, Lord, right now, I ain't waiting for people to fix nothing. I'm going to fix it. You see what I'm saying? The highest level of accountability. Because God is the one you must answer to. And so if I am one of those people that is living that way, then now God's going to bless me. You know why he's going to bless me? So that men would fear him. So imagine this. They see all this blessing on your life and they go, wow. Your God must be real. You go, how many of y'all ready for that? Well, it didn't shift it. And then you said, and they said, man, what are, you, what are you doing now? Where did all this stuff come from? Oh, no, no, that's just my obedience paying off. That's all it is. And well, what? No, 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 hold on. What are you doing different? Doing the same thing I was, do- oh, y'all don't, man, I'm going to close. I'm doing the same thing I was doing when I didn't have no money. I'm doing the same thing. See, principles don't change because your condition changes. If you believe in it, you're going to do it. How I many know if you if you are tithing when you're broke, you're going to be a tither when you're rich because you believe in it. And you're going to get a manifestation. And so when people see stuff, stuff coming along in your life. And they're going to say, what's changed? Nothing changed. It's just my season. Amen. Amen. There's that appointed time. And so I'm living in all this increase right now. Not because of something that I learned off of YouTube or some investment tip that I ran across. I'm walking into my season. I'm in. 
Wait till this happens. This is going to happen for word of life. Some people, they can't see it, but I still see it. And when it shifts, some people say, well, what are you guys doing different? Nothing. No, no, because it seems like everything has changed. You got all this stuff. You got another building. You got, what happened? Did you get like a big donor or did you? No. Doing the same thing. Y'all remember all them Wednesday nights? I didn't give you no Wednesday night word. Some people say, surely we're going to get a little easy word on Wednesday night. Get the same word you get on Sunday. Because I believe in it. And then now, when you believe in it, you stick to it, it's going to manifest. Then you understand, oh no, God's doing it. Because when God does it, nothing can be put to it and nothing can be taken away from it. So, If we promote ourselves, then guess what? The devil can come and steal it. If somebody else promotes us, how many know that person that promoted you can also demote you? But when God does it, can't nobody come and say nothing about it. And they cannot take anything from you. All they have, all they're going to be able to do is watch you thrive and prosper. And so what you got to be able to understand with all certainty and clarity that it's God working for me. And say, I'm going to keep myself in a place where God's working for me. I'm going to keep this church in a place where God's working for this church. I'm never going to let this church get out there where we're working for ourselves. We're going to stay. I don't care what it might look like. We're going to stay in that place where, no, no, no. We're going to be in a place where God is working for us. And God is opening doors for us. And so, but what we all have to do, and as we're preparing to close this message, we all have to make sure we are found faithful. You got to make sure. See, don't be found pouting and complaining. Be found faithful. 1 Corinthians 4, 2. For it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. A steward is one who is entrusted with something. We're all stewards. You're a steward over your health. You're a steward over your money. You're a steward over even your thoughts. You're a steward and you've been entrusted. And so you have to be faithful with what you've been entrusted with. How many know you have to be faithful with your time? Because you've been entrusted with that. You have to be faithful with your money, your health, your words, etc. Amen. Don't be one that takes things for granted. I'm very careful when it comes to my words because I know that God has empowered me to steward these words. I know that these words that come out of my mouth can build up or tear down. And so I'm very careful. I don't take it for granted. I don't just let stuff come out because, oh, well, I just said it because. No, see, if you just let stuff fly off, you're not being a good steward over your words. And God has entrusted you with those words. And so you have to be very careful and you have to be a good steward. So be faithful, be found faithful in all these things. Don't ever take anything for granted. God's going to give you an opportunity to prove yourself. See, when we're in the earth, this is our proving ground. And so let's close with Matthew 25. Matthew 25, 22 through 23, Amplified Classic. Uh, I think my wife might, might have mentioned this, but, you know, in order to be given more, you got to prove yourself with what you have been given. And so we know this as the parable of the talents, well, as he's mentioning this, this person here, because we know God wants you to produce, right? You have to be a producer. As a citizen of the kingdom, you got to produce. You got to bear much fruit. Without Jesus, you can't bear any fruit. But if you're in Jesus, you can't help but to bear fruit. Amen. If I'm in Jesus, I can't help but to bear fruit. This is going to come out and it's just going to be a way of life. And so, and he also, who had the two talents, he's talking about the one that, that had two was sent, the one that gave one, two, three, all that stuff, but just focus on this verse 22. And he also, who had the two talents, came forward saying, Master, you entrusted me, you entrusted two talents to me. So what? He gave him, he made him a steward over these two talents. 
But what did he say? And here I have gained two more. So what? He was productive. Jesus is requiring that you bear much fruit. And so this person did not take it and hide it. Remember the story where the one who hid it and what he just gave him one back. Well, he got in trouble. But this one produced. He took what he was given and he produced. And so what you want to see from this story is, okay, I'm going to be faithful over what he has given me. Some people complain and they say, I don't have enough money. Well, are you faithful? Come on, somebody with the money that you have been given. Oh, some people say, well, I want to have a better this, a better that. Are you, I want a new house. I want to. Well, are you taking care of what you got? Are you faithful with what you got? And that's where God will grade you. Amen. And so next verse. His master said to him, well done, you upright, honorable, admirable and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. Stop right there. Maybe you want another job, but are you faithful with that job you got? Are you working that job as a citizen of the kingdom? Amen. These are things I had to learn in my life. Things I used to take for granted. Calling in sick all the time. I used to do all that craziness. But then I had to learn the the power of the word. Because you don't go up the kingdom way without following the kingdom principles. And so you have to be faithful where you are. In whatever situation you may be in, before you're going to get promoted and elevated, you're going to have to be faithful right there where you are. So you have to be found trustworthy. If you're trustworthy over little, I will put you in charge. Y'all see this? I will put you in charge of much because you have proven yourself. And he says, enter in and share the joy, the delight, the blessedness, which your master enjoys. So what does that mean? Come in and experience what I'm experiencing. And this is Jesus. We get to experience what he's experiencing. But we also have to do what he did. And so let us all be those that are faithful. We don't take anything for granted. Don't look down upon any situation. Don't treat it as, oh, it's not that important. Oh, this is a little job or this little house or this little whatever. You know, some people need to be reminded that don't, you know, treat your spouse the right way. Appreciate your spouse. You know what I'm saying? Don't take stuff for granted and just think you can fly off and say craziness. Appreciate what you got. Because when God sees you appreciating that, he's ready for you to advance up. And that's how lives get better because we've been found faithful. And so God is working. He's still working. Question is, do we believe it? I'm one that does. As long as I'm at this pulpit, this church will be getting the word that is a word for people that believe. There will be no other. We're not changing up our doctrine here. We're not going to, I'm not going to come out one day and say, oh, this is the new way. If that ever happens, you need to leave. He says something about the new way. Deuces. I'm out. Because that's what I would do. If the word don't change, it's people that change. So we need to be those that stay consistent and just continue to believe. Amen. Go ahead and give the Lord a hand clap. Amen. Praise God. All right. Let's close in prayer. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for blessing us, meeting us here tonight. Thank you for the power of your truth. We stand on it. We know that there's nothing else for us to believe. All we have to believe and all we even want to believe is your truth. And so I ask that you help us to stay consistent in what it is that we believe. Help us to stay faithful in the things that you've entrusted us with in this life. So we trust you, Lord. We honor you. Now, maybe you're watching this and you don't know Jesus as Lord. We want you to know you can come into the kingdom right now and your life can change. But God's never going to remove your free will. You must receive him by using your free will. And so we want to invite you in. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message 
will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God.